Hi, and welcome to my YouTube channel. Today we're on Buddhism Part 3, The Noble Eightfold Path of Buddhism. If you haven't listened to Part 1 or 2 yet, it might help you to catch up on where we are at. For anything other content related to mine, you can check out my YouTube channel or my website, becomingnobody.org, or also my Alex Momsilovich Instagram. So what is the Noble Eightfold Path? In the last video, we talked about the Four Noble Truths and the fourth noble truth enunciated by the Buddha is that there's a way out of suffering and the way is the Noble Eightfold Path. And it's a pretty simple path, actually. And so the steps on the Noble Eightfold Path, step one is right understanding. And so to the best of my understanding, right understanding or right view, as it's sometimes called, is Basically, you got to see how the Buddha saw. You got to see how it all is. So, to the limited extent that we're capable. So, you got to understand about reincarnation, how we're a subtle consciousness born over and over again. You got to understand about suffering, how it's inherent in the universe. You got to understand about karma, which we'll talk about in a later video, but the laws of cause and effect and how everything is interrelated and how karma is carried with you and has to work out. You got to understand all of these things and how they're interrelated. You got to understand about anicca, about impermanence, about how everything's always changing. You got to understand about anatta, about no self, about how inherently who you think you are doesn't actually exist. <clears throat> you have to understand these. This is right view. This is right understanding to see how it all is. So I would say this could be cultivated by self-study of Buddhism or whatever your spiritual tradition is. So right view, right understanding. You can see the world and its reality. You understand that the world's an illusion. You understand suffering. You understand the ideas of trying to cultivate wisdom, how, trying to cultivate compassion, trying to practice mindfulness that's right view next is right thought so right thought kind of flows seamlessly from that right thought i would say is just we have limited control over our thinking apparatus in the current moment thoughts arise they're there and they pass away but over time as we work on ourselves we change the thoughts that arise the thoughts that are there seem to change by what I fill myself with. So my thoughts today aren't very similar to my thoughts two years ago, even to my thoughts six months ago. So right thought is sort of can be thought of as trying to cultivate positive thinking habits, trying to cultivate thinking that is beneficial to others, and also seeing that our thoughts as is known by many spiritual paths that thoughts are very powerful. If they're juiced up with intention, they can affect a lot of different things. They can change our lives, our bodies, others' bodies. They affect energy. Basically, thoughts are subtle energy. And thoughts are actually more powerful than outer things. They're more real. Your thoughts are more real to you than the couch. Your thoughts are more real to you usually than the people you know. So your thoughts are what you live with most of the time. And thoughts are energy as well. They're pran. They are energy just like the rest of the world is. So thoughts are subtle. They have large effects, especially when you start to understand them more. 
any thoughts juiced up with intention produce results. So right thought is basically just trying to work on our thinking process to observe it, to hopefully be able to cultivate more positive, loving and harmonious thoughts. Because ultimately, if our thoughts are crazy and our thoughts are dark, it's going to be hard to let them go. It's going to be hard to seek enlightenment, basically. It's going to be hard to find God. It's going to be hard to find your soul because you got all these crazy thoughts going on all the time. Hence, right thought. Step three of the Noble Eightfold Path, right speech. Who would have thought, right speech? That's something Ram Dass said in a talk. Um, Right speech just means... You know, watch what you say to people. Thought is actually very, or speech is actually very powerful. And it's very hard to guard your tongue. That's said to be a great yogic feat. To watch what you say, because how often do you, do you gossip? Do you slander? Do you, any talk that's divisive would not be considered right speech. So right speech is just watching what you say, saying things that are necessary, that are true, that are kind, that are that bring people together that are beneficial to others not saying things that are crude and vulgar and divisive so guarding our speech so these three in themselves are already they're very simple but you could already see that's a challenge right view i gotta hold in mind how it all is right thought gotta watch my thinking right speech gotta watch what i say and what's cool about buddhism is it's not like Buddha's not telling you, you got to watch these things or you're a bad guy. He's saying, if you want to get enlightened and you want to get free from suffering, these are the things you can do. If you don't, that's fine. Just don't do them. But if you do them, they will help you to get free. So the fourth one is right action. And right action is basically what you do. I mean, that's one we can all understand. Have good actions. Do good things. So right action just means try not to do things that ensnare yourself and others in illusion try not to do things that cause separateness that bring more harm try not to do shady things try not to do bad actions right actions means you try and work on your outer world so right thought is the inner world right action is the outer world so see we always think people always think of buddhism as like this far out thing or this otherworldly religion but look you're ready through half the noble eightfold path and all you got is Right understanding, right thought, right speech, and right action. Not so bad, is it? Number five, right livelihood. Whoa, far out. Right livelihood, that means what you do for a living. So one, you don't want to do things that outwardly are bad. Like you don't want to do things as much as you can avoid, uh, you know, not being a drug dealer for a living, not being a thief, not working for companies that cause disastrous harm to the environment or that steal from the poor or that screw people over or make people go bankrupt or whatever, you know, right livelihood means what are you doing? Is what you're doing for a livelihood, is it good? Is it simple? Is it pure? Or are you doing something that's pretty shady that's maybe not so beneficial to your soul? And of course, it is a fine line because what we do for a living is intertwined with a lot of different things. And you could say that somebody who butchers meat, that might not be a good livelihood because they're slaughtering animals all day. But you could also say, what about the billions of people that eat meat? They're basically doing the same thing and somebody has to be the one that 
slaughters it. So you have to look through on um on that outer level and an inner level of how you feel about things internally. And what are you doing if your livelihood involves you having to be manipulative, if it's very greedy, if anything, anything that you got to see if you feel right about what you do for a living. And that's right livelihood. What do you do on your daily uh, practices to earn a living and to work? And how do you feel about that? That's right livelihood. Next is right effort. And this kind of goes into the Buddha's middle way. So you have to put effort into your spiritual path. But you have to balance that effort. You have to have it can get very delicate right effort because you have to understand between action and non-action doing and non-doing you have to be able to act but with less attachment so you're putting in this little effort into things but you're realizing that it's sort of just a flow taking place you're doing your spiritual practices but you're not trying to push them so hard with ego that's right effort what are you putting in to what you're doing on a daily basis. What are you putting into your spiritual work? And are you identified with the doer? Do you think that you're the one that's doing all this or is this kind of just nature unfolding and you're sort of observing it and you're a little attached, but you see there's a bigger process going on? All of that is right effort. Next, right mindfulness, or also could be known as right concentration. So right mindfulness is sort of, if you ever heard of mindfulness meditation or just being mindful, right mindfulness is just, and it leads into the eighth of the path, which is right concentration or right meditation. But right mindfulness and right meditation are just working on really the act of sitting and meditating and throughout your daily life, being aware, being quiet, being in tune with what's going on. Right concentration involves developing one pointedness of mind, being able to focus on the subject at hand, being able to live in the present moment, being able to cultivate awareness, not running off so much on your patterns of thought to the past and the future. And a lot of times this is done through sitting in Buddhism, through meditation, because that's how the mind is most often quieted. So right mindfulness and right meditation are, or sometimes it's also called right Samadhi, which Samadhi is going into basically trance, into meditative absorption. But so basically these are a set of eight limbs, eight limbs, just like the eight limbs of Ashtanga Yoga, the eight limbs of Buddhism, the Noble Eightfold Path. And they're practices that done to the best of their ability in this lifetime and over lifetimes will awaken you, will wake you up to your true nature. So... They're not a crazy far out path. They're very simple. They can be practiced in daily living. So this is what the Buddha enunciated for his followers. He said, well, here, here's the Noble Eightfold Path. You work on these eight things and you'll get to enlightenment. So it's pretty simple and it's pretty straightforward. And it's not easy. I won't say it's easy because we're human beings. So it's very challenging to live by all these precepts. But it's not complicated stuff. It's pretty easy to understand. So that is the Noble Eightfold Path. Starting in the next few videos, we'll get into specific topics such as karma, such as reincarnation, such as anatta, which means no self, such as 
anicca, which means impermanence. So we're going to get into these fundamental concepts of Buddhism and what they mean, and that'll be a pretty cool experience. So I hope you've enjoyed the ride so far. We'll be back next week. <laughs>